Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. On the Daily Transcendence, Ray and I put a pretty heavy importance on seeking the truth in all things for yourself and opening up your awareness to possibilities of deception. Pretty sure you don't like to be lied to, patronized, and even made a fool of just as much as we don't. We constantly cover many findings in ancient texts, mystical teachings, history, and all sciences from many of our most reliable sources and teachers. And we do that so we can deliver you the pieces to put together so that you, the listener, can start to transcend the mind's normal conceived notions of the past, present, and future in order to reveal the truths about our reality and existence. So now... Are you ready to take things a step further in your life? Do you feel your mind's eye is open enough so you can start reaping the benefits of life and the divine here and now? If so, stay with us as we're going to further explore an ancient mystical practice that has many ties to religion, alchemy, holistic healers, and even secret societies and the arts of magic. Let's now learn in detail the forms and forces that occur so we may finally utilize them and start to achieve these higher states of consciousness and channel the true divine. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Transcendence Podcast. I'm G.O.D. And I'm Ray. And we're your hosts. Take a journey with us into the realms of some of humanity's most inner thoughts and theories about what lies before us and beyond the other side. Take a step back with us from the day-to-day heavy burdens of this constant evolving life. From awakening the collective, astrology, the spiritual divine, holistic health, shamanism, and quantum theory, to the frequencies and vibrations of our universe, history, religion, numerology, and so much more. We spend countless hours researching to bring you the breakdown of information from some of the greatest minds in these fields and even our own experiences. We're here to challenge your thoughts so that you can reshape your own minds and beliefs into ones that better serve you. We hope you enjoy the discussions about the supernatural and the ancient knowledge that we have become so fond of and we wish to share with you so that it may also help you on your quest in this human experience we're living. Let the transcendence begin. Godspeed and share on. Like and subscribe to The Daily Transcendence on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. To show support for the show, we ask you to join us on all social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. There you can find more content, updates on new episodes, and more personal interactions from both Gio and I. We want to hear from you all and connect, so message us or email us at thedailytranscendence at gmail.com. As always, we entirely appreciate your support in allowing us to bring you this transmission. And welcome back to the Daily Transcendence with no interruptions from my colleague and best friend, Giacchino, a.k.a. God. (laughs) I mean, G-O-D. You would think think I'm uh, the Gemini. (laughs) One of of Gallo's buddies made, made fun of... Like, I remember how I told you it didn't feel right? Where he's like, yeah, he's like, you got this guy come in, he's G-O-D, and you have Ray. I'm Ray. (laughs) And I'm Ray. Dude, we recorded that like 15 times over because it just kept sounding so silly. Should have been like, I'm Ray of fucking sunshine. Like your little uh, little cup that you got when you came down to Florida, right? Is that where you got it? Florida. Florida. Now you're there. Yeah. 
My name's all my name's all over happiness. Yeah. Sunrays, uh, you know. I, I will I I was reading some etymology and rays is really mentioned a lot. It it means um like protector of of knowledge. Yeah. Or something yeah, like that. We like broke that so, whole thing down. Yeah, and this well I did a live stream with Derek and uh, I ended up decoding. I think I didn't. I sent you the one text with I was talking about numbers because today we're going to talk actually about the Kabbalah and numbers and uh, and stuff like that. So uh, I figured we, we bring it up now. But when I had a talk with the Jamatra na- uh, Nader, what's Derek's Derek? Derek took to Corey, something like that. To Corey, right? So I I'm going to end up uh, posting a live stream I did with him this week. Um, but we talked about numbers, and that's his you know his whole niche is just numbers and. That's why we we ended up figuring we should talk about the Kabbalah this week because um, when we're talking allegorical and we're talking symbols, ancient Kabbalah is actually it predates, you know, Christianity and, and a lot of other religions. Uh, so numbers are really important, and when you understand gematria and numerology and all that, uh, it ends up playing a vital role in all of the occult and all the studies that we do, and. Uh, so when I had talked to him, uh, now, I mind you, I'm a Gemini. And when you do Gematria, you have to, it's numbers coded into, or letters coded into numbers. And so words will end up equaling uh, certain amounts of numbers. And the way you would do it is A is 1, B is 2, C is 3, and so mm-hmm. on. So you make words with all of those numbers, com- or letters combined, and it's number. Yeah. Uh, it equals numbers. So anyway... Uh, my name ended up matching the twins, which is Gemini. It matches Cancer. I'm a moon in Cancer. It matched um, Jupiter. My chart is ruled by Jupiter. And there was probably a laundry list. I think Zeus, Zeus is actually represented as Jupiter in astrology. My name matched that. Um, so when we're talking names, meaning something and, and matching things, oh, it's very important. It's fun yeah. too. Well, it's big because it's, it's words and we've mentioned this before, but words are vibration and they're a little, they're a literal force and emanation on its own and, um, how this relates to the Kabbalah. And I think there's a big, like a lot of, a lot of shit that like really goes deeper about the Kabbalah rather than it just being just some sort of like spiritual practice or wisdom. Like it's an actually deeper wisdom when you really look at it and you start to understand it. Cause even myself, it really it opened up my eyes to a lot of things, um, exploring it further as well. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so if, for anybody that doesn't know, obviously the Kabbalah is like an ancient spiritual form of wisdom that was originally unwritten. It was all oral messages of, Ju- uh, of the Jewish religion, um, well, came to the Jewish religion, I should say. Um, and it actually means receiving. Yes, exactly. That's the word. The word means re- Kabbalah itself in Jewish means yeah. receiving. And also the, how that, how that also plays out is because of, um, you know, in actual, the Hebrew alphabet, it would be, um, QBL, uh, which Kabbal QBL. And that's where, you know, QBL means receive and to be received, uh, by hearing or through emanation or vibration. So it's an oral thing, it's words. And that's why there's such an importance on these words, letters, and how they relate to numbers, because numbers we know is part of when looking at frequencies and everything as well. Um, but yeah, so just put a little insight in it for those that may not know that it was in- introduced, um, uh, it was introduced by ancient rabbis. Like, and I don't mean like rabbis, like as in, like in a church rabbi, I'm talking pre that, um, 
And it was really popular during the Middle Ages until these people with the Kabbalah uh, and this knowledge were hunted down by the born agains or the Roman Catholic Church. So your crusades, your your Spanish inquisitions, uh, why would they try to, you know, destroy this type of knowledge? Yeah, your dark ages is actually created by the Romans mm-hmm. because they had they they took all this spiritual knowledge, they took all this uh these ancient teachings and they it became the dark age. And why do they call it the dark age? Not because there was war and death and plague and all that, but because everything was so hidden from yeah. the world, including the deeper meanings to these uh, spiritual practices and all of these ancient religions, uh, the Bible and the scriptures, uh, you know, it's meant for spirit. It's meant, it's, it's to be read for the yeah. spirit. It's read by the right brain, not the left. There's no, the logic comes after you understand the illogical function of it. So when you're reading things in scripture and you're reading things in, uh, say codes or numbers, which numbers is, we all know is numbers are the language of the Mm -hmm. universe. Everything's, you know, uh, basically the universe, I think gives itself away through numbers. You know, we have the Fibonacci spiral, we have, uh, you know, pi, the math formula, uh, and even just measurements of planets and the way light travels and, all that stuff always ends up equaling the same things. Like numbers always repeat in nature. So that's how you know that we, one, that we're intelligent designs mm. of, uh, like, like, but from the body to the planet we live on or plane we live on. And yeah, so numbers play a valiant and amazing uh, point. I was about to say valiant <laughs> effort. And you could see, and you're going to see how all these things actually tie in together and relate and how it even relates to um, even the Bible as well. How the Kabbalah is even spoken of in the Bible in a very hidden way, just like everything else. Um, but mm. yeah, there's, and then, and then obviously like there's a way of now understanding this, um, that if you take it on a deeper sense and a deeper level, you are able to receive and, and transmit these messages or these intuitions and feelings and stuff that, that are going to be beneficial to you and be able to give you some sort of knowledge of which you seek or you need or, or anything of that nature, and also in the same sense, be able to ascend to a higher place, to raise your vibration and to raise your frequency, to develop this higher consciousness, and to also manifest it in ways of inside the body. It can be used or to even manifest outward, but there's something tricky about that, but we'll get into it. Um, But one thing I just want to read, though, is actually... um, how it was described, how Kabbalah was described by Dion uh, Fortune. Um, and he said, as a fundamental, as a fundamental key, which describes it, he described it as a fundamental key, which describes the nature of the universe and how all of creation fits together. It attempts to reduce in diagram form every force and factor in the manifested universe and the soul of man to correlate them one to another and reveal them spread out as a map. So that the relative positions of each unit can be seen and the relations between them traced. Also, it is called the tree of life. This is now the written down version that I'm saying um, it is also called the tree of life and is a compendium of science, psychology, philosophy and theology all in one. So. Basically, this is an actual diagram that we have of the forces and forms of which happen things that are beyond our, even our comprehension. And it's like, okay, well, if it's beyond our comprehension, how the hell can we even understand it? Well, 
that's where the magic occurs and that's where that has to happen within you and you have to be open to receiving it and understanding how the flow even works and these pathways and channels work to be able to uh, receive or ascend. Yeah, and you know, Kabbalah is an aspect of the Torah, as we know, because it's Jewish, right? And Torah actually means guidance or instructions. Um, everything in the Kabbalah is, is, it's meant for like an instruction in life. You know, we would study the Kabbalah not just to reach a higher vibration, but because we need a, we would need its inspiration in everyday life and it provides us with a direction and a practical guidance. You know, it provides a cosmic dimension to the issues of say everyday human life. Uh, illness is a reflection of the lovesickness of the divine, meaning I, I, like the, the disease and the illness we get is that disconnect. And what Kabbalah could do is it actually can reconnect you because it's so, say, mystical. It's not this logical, uh, you know, you're not going to just read about it and, and regurgitate these facts. It's something you experience. So the challenges in, in life are, say, what sparks, it sparks us to really go into these deeper, you know, kind of what sparked me and to go deeper into, uh, you know, knowledge and ancient wisdom is because I was suffering or if I was having a rough time, I needed that guidance. Kabbalah is something we could turn to. So we figured this to be an, an important, uh, add on to all of the things we will be going into, which of course we have mentioned it's, we're going to talk about allegory in the Bible and deeper meanings. And Kabbalah tends to be one of the most ancient, if not the most ancient one of these, uh, Spiritual practices. Yeah, there's a lot of allegorical beliefs. things in the Bible that are, are that are fundamental uh, uses that are there um, that really reference Kabbalah, but nobody really uh, kind of notices that. I guess uh, you know, unless you're one of these deeper understanding and you know, really dissecting it, that's how you see it. But as far as the Kabbalah's like, or like, I guess you could say physical origin, um, actually, and this probably can be disputed by people, but it's really that it came from the Buddhist, believe it or not. It came from those of real divine, not saying that other groups during it this time did not understand it, maybe so in a different way, but of how it's going to be well, perceived. The, yeah. The Jewish, I was going to say, you know, when we mention it as a Jewish practice, it's because it became popular mostly. You say it was received. It's known to be, <laughs> yeah, it, mm-hmm. right. So it was received by the Jewish, uh, you know, uh, religion. And on top of that, not only did the Jews take this knowledge and make it theirs, but they also made it their history, which I find it funny because if you read a lot of the stories of the Buddhists and, uh, you know, Krishna and all that, you can relate a lot of those aspects of that story to the Jewish religion and Christianity. Mm-hmm. A lot of it came from that. So Gio's right in saying that the Buddhists brought, brought all this knowledge to us. And I think it was um, exploited yeah. kind of through the other religions or at least used say, um, you know, I want to choose the right word here in like an improper yeah. way, not the way it was intended. I definitely think there's been a mu- misuse of it as well. And I think that, you know, yeah. because like I said, originally Kabbalah was something that was received in a wisdom that was unwritten and it was always passed orally down through mouth. Um, but so these Buddhist missionaries came uh, traveling to the Middle East and they spoke to the Jewish natives and even rabbis um, about these ancient mystical teachings because uh, during that time it was all about connectivity. Um, and this is what actually these, these groups of people um, that, were, that were spoken to of the Kabbalah, um, 
they became to emerge as the Essene, who we've spoke a little bit about the Essene, um, and they were mystical secret teaching holders that were basically cave people off the Dead Sea, where you also get the Dead Sea Scrolls. They are most likely the ones who had had written those, and we know that how the the scrolls were apprehended apprehended in the time of Constantine and put in uh, only certain ones were kept. Uh, in the in the library, well, most of them were all kept in the Library of Alexandria, but um, and then it was burned, and only certain ones were kept. And this is where you have your uh, control over history and knowledge. Um, but the thing is, though, that it was also known, though, like the the then it was ended up being uh, put into a written form, and it became to be known as the Zohar. Um, and the Zohar actually first appeared in Spain. Um, and then the kingdom of Leon uh, in the 13th century. And it was published by a Jewish writer named Moses de Leon uh, back during between the 1200s and 1300s. Um, de, uh, de Leon ascribed the work to Shaman Bar Yaqa, which he was a rabbi um, and also a Tana active um, after the siege of Jerusalem in 70 CE. And the destruction of the second temple during the proactive period known as the Jewish Roman Wars was also occurring. So you could see that why all of a sudden there's like this uh, upheaval of like this between Jewish and Roman. Is it because of the trying to diminish this knowledge or take it or use it in its own way? I, I, I find that kind of funny how that line lines up, you know? Well, you got you to gotta think though. So when things are powerful and they have deep meaning, you know, you can control the whole population by... Get, you know, changing their beliefs, seeing, allowing them to see things not as they really are, but as you'd like them to. And I think that's what the Romans were really good at. And honestly, even some of the Jewish, mm-hmm. uh, I, I honestly, when you take it out of the, uh, the Buddhism and you take it and you put it into these other religions, I feel like there's some sort of exploitation in each because now they were able to tamper it and turn it the way they wanted to. Because we're, when you look at certain things, made are made into history instead of the spiritual practice once you see that you know corruption has been you know ensued within the religion because when the buddhists had this knowledge it was all for the spirit it was for the soul it wasn't meant for the you know uh for historical facts mostly if not all of it you know so you could see it right there even in the jewish religion and it's funny because those two people were fighting over it and why because they both wanted to control You know, it, that's that's why that war started. Why do you think Buddhists were really never yeah. in the war? Because they were never trying to control people. But the Jews and the Roman Catholics, they had a war. Why? Because they had different intentions. And to go back and understand the roots of this will eliminate all the 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 misconstrued, um, you know, mis- like the mystery of the of the the way it was it came about and the way that it was used. It will it will eliminate all of the lies. So you have to go back to the roots of things. You have to trail back. And then it goes even back before the, Jew, uh, the Jews and the, and the mm-hmm. Romans to understand where this stuff really came from and what it truly means. And what's ironic is we shun, you know, we shun the Middle East. All of the chaos goes on in the Middle East. And why? Because those were people that were the true holders of the real knowledge. Yeah. And it makes you wonder why they're so mad. But like, that's the thing. Like, I, you know, with, with, with this information and those things occurring, this is why we put such a heavy importance on seeking for the truth. Because when you understand that, you 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 don't. And we emphasize it so much because when you understand, like maybe these actual historical things that have occurred 
over such things like maybe the information of the Kabbalah or just religions in general and like these types of wars that were started and fighting, it allows you to not be susceptible to the deception. And this allows you to have more of a, a, a open open mind to receive things in as well. You know, so like with this whole thing, uh, you know, with, you know, the the Zohar, once it's actually written down, it's actually according to Jewish legends um, that Shimon hid in a cave for 13 years studying the Torah. And because this has a part, like Ray said, of the Torah. Um, and he sat there studying the Torah and was inspired by the prophet Elijah to write the Zohar. Um, this accords to the tradition claimed uh, by adherence that the Kabbalah is actually the concealed part of the oral Torah. So there's more that's lying underneath even about the Torah. And the same way we see that there's more lying underneath about the Bible. There's more There's more to everything if you just look a little more. There's a yes. veil over all of the stories and you have to see through the veil. And what it is is a veil of these characters and of these environments and of these stories. And once you see through the veil, you'll actually get the truth. The problem is most people see the veil as the yeah. truth. And they did that on purpose. It was on purpose. They, they you know, there that, there's that saying in the Bible of if you seek, you shall find. And that's what it means is seeking isn't going to just the church and sitting in the pew and allowing some guy to tell you what everything mm-hmm. means, you know, and or it's not to, to go to some rabbi and go live in some Jewish hive in Lakewood, New Jersey, and think that you're enlightened and you're going to give birth to the Messiah. Um, that's not how it works. It's just, it doesn't matter what group or club you're in. It's a matter of understanding the true knowledge and the true meaning of things. And the Bible tells you that one most of this, if not all of this, is an allegory. And two, you have to seek and you yeah. will find. You must seek the kingdom of heaven. You must seek for the knowledge. And that's that's why we yeah. we push this because we're, as we go on, we're actually starting to see through the veil more and more. And do we ever say that we, you know, we have the truth? No, but we're always working towards it. We sit here with no beliefs in just a state of speculation as everyone should because you should act like you know nothing. If you know everything you were full. Yeah. You know? And to be able to, and to be able to receive this information in that way, to be able to even come at it from a non-bias, like that's why it does help to know even just, you know, actual history. We know that there's cover-ups on history too. So that's why you have to seek on your own. And even within everything in religion, I mean, listen, that's why Martin Luther started the Protestant revolution, um, the Pro- Protestant reformation and stuff was because of the fact that it was like, you could not read the Bible, the word of God, uh, without an interpreter, without a Pope, without a Bishop, you were not able to do that. And it was taking the divinity away from the people itself and putting power into the hands of, of these, of these higher figures. And the Protestant reformation made it so that people revolutionized, revolutionized this and said that like, you don't need that. You can read it on your own. It is meant for you to be able to understand on your own and to be able to go at it, not just from a mental thinking, practical left side, left brain type of understanding. It was there, there was a connection to be made. And this goes in the Kabbalah goes right along with being able to have that actual um, occurrence to happen within, within the body, within the soul and the understanding of what's going on in the universe as well. Um, and, and, you know, it's great that it actually got written down in ways because now we can understand it and look at it from a different uh, standpoint. But 
with that, there's always dual, there's always dualism and, you know, you got good, but you also got bad being used with it as well. And we'll go into that. But something I want to point out about Zohar, the word Zohar actually means splendor, splendor or radiance of light. And we've constantly talked about light being an important thing. It's constantly referenced in the Bible. We know light's important when it comes to quantum physics as well, because we know light to be photons and photons carry a message or information to be collapsed and to be produced into something as well. Uh, It's actually where your word angel comes from. Angel actually means angle of light. It's where the word angel came from being an angle of light coming down from the heaven. To actually give you information, you know, so and, and when we, we meditate, we actually open ourselves up to that. So to meditate on things is just as important as well, understanding these concepts. And what do we mean by meditate? Not sitting there going home and not thinking or whatever. It's more so when you learn something like it's allowing, it's allowing information to come to you, you sit in the state of allowing and mm-hmm. being. And when you do that, you start to receive answers from the universe, from God, from angels or angles yeah. of light. And there's different states of being. And that's what, and, and that's what it is too, is that allowing that, that light it's it's a divine light. It's a divine energy. And that's how it's being described constantly as a light. Um, and it's a celestial wisdom. And it's what brings on that Christ consciousness, that experience. Um, and we know that light is the way out from bondages, fear, uh, and also the entrapment of other energies in life. Uh, so this is actually, this is the true wisdom being spoken in the Bible as well. And it's the mystical teachings of the Kabbalah. And the Kabbalah is also those teachings are in the Bible. Um, and it, what's what's funny is we <clears throat> we kill over I don't want to say we, but um, Human, yes, humans. humans kill humans. over these stories and beliefs for literal meanings and like these territorial reasons and physical things, but fail to see that they made that they they may study the Bible, these, say, religious figures or even governments and stuff, they may use the Bible as their, as, their, as their grounds and principles, but they don't actually do what it's saying. They never do. And so when these higher structures are involved, it's like, why are we going to allow how we receive this information and understand it when they don't even do it themselves? Yeah, and you know, let me add this about the Kabbalah. They say that the Kabbalah is not uh it's not a secret teaching, but it's the teaching of a mm-hmm. secret. And the secret teaching means that, you know, they're trying to hide may not they're not trying to hide something from you, but they're trying to hide things from the people that do not seek. So all these people who actually are living in this deceptive way of understanding these these religions and all of that you know those are the ones who haven't seeked you know who the children of god are by the state of consciousness they are in you know and so to go beyond is and to understand you're actually getting closer to god when most people actually think well if i go to my denomination or if i go to my church on sunday even though i pulled six days this week of of absolutely you know sinning and doing terrible things and being selfish and not doing god's work and following say the the law of jesus or whatever other religion they tend to follow you know it's we we're going to go on and embark on this journey of understanding the things that we must to get closer to god to get closer to the divine and this is a huge step because kabbalah it plunges in it it plunges into the secrets and pulls uh, you know, their depths wide open. It provides metaphors, parables, understandings, and it shines light and opens our eyes. Uh, you know, it should inspire and guide us to use the wisdom for healing and growth in everyday life. 
That's what it was meant yeah, for. Absolutely. And like, that's, that's the thing with this. It's like, it, it really allows more because when you, when we go into this, you're going to see how it, to be able to go on these paths of, you know, what the Kabbalah is, is, um, is describing it's, or teaching, I should say, you're going to see how you, there's, there's actual mentalities that you need to have. There's imagery that's involved, that's necessary in order to, um, acknowledge these emanations as well. And to be able to let these occurrences happen within the body, within the mind. Um, and also how to even, you know, be in motion in the physical world as well. And to be able to see how to reach the non-physical as well. And there's different, uh, levels and stages of that as well. Um, and I think the greatest thing about this in which most people are familiar when it comes to when you bring up the Kabbalah is the actual diagram that was made. Um, and I think that's a great when you understand it and you start seeing it. and a lot of people use it for um, even, you know, human design as well. Um, you know, it's it's used in astrology at times for real people who are into the divination as well. Um, like we said, numerology, gematria, uh, it's a yeah, tarot. tarot as well. It's a big thing. And um, this di- this diagram of the divine uh, the divine realms of consciousness within the micro and the macro was made to represent these forces and factors and the pathways through them, opening up and receiving them, and also manifesting in all forms. It's kind of magic, if you will. So uh, it's things that occur within the mind, both lower and higher, and is the inner wisdom generated from source. And it's basically explaining the channel factors of it, how it comes down, how it goes up, how it's received, how it's given as well. Um, and so just if you, you know, I, I wish we, you were able to see it, but you can just go up anywhere and look up Kabbalah diagram and you can see it. And, you know, if you're listening to this, you could follow along in that way. Um, but the diagram is made up of 10 spheres and 22 interconnecting pathways. And they're often added together and described as the 32 paths of the tree of life. So you could even search that up. Um, but the spheres are called sephiroths, which they are the divine. The, each sephiroth is the divine emanations or the outpour of energy in the continuous flow and evolution of the universe. Each represents a unique perspective of divine power held throughout, um, throughout all, all things. All, all being, all the whole universe, you know, and um, I guess we'll, you know, we'll touch up on each one because to kind of go into it as well, it helps you better understand. Um, and we're going to break down the 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 uses of it, the uses and the reception of it as well. Yeah, and let, let me throw this in there too because the open study of Kabbalah, it's not just because we would need inspiration. Which it does provide, but it, because we, we, if we do uh, the history of this, we're hitting a tipping point of, you know, of, of history in a sense. Obviously, when it comes to astrological reasons, when you're just watching the world, um, ha, which the way it's developed into what we are today and how much separation and chaos, I, you know, I think it's a vital stage in the evolution of the world. And with this stuff, not only you're going to get to know about God, but this is actually seeing the world as he mm-hmm. sees it. If you want to say it that way, we're knowing his universe as he knows it. 
And the wisdom behind it is that the wisdom is one with him. This is, this, this is God's science in a sense. This is what they say. You know, it's the, sci- it's the actual original science of the universe. And I think we're in that preparation for that time that, you know, with, especially with wars going on and all the separation with, with uh, denominations or when we have countries fighting each other over war and supposed ancient grounds, which we know what's going on over there, which we should probably touch up on yeah. in a little oh, bit when it comes to the Israeli and the Palestine people. Um, but the principal work of the Kabbalah, which the Zohar, it describes an age which will mirror the flood of Noah and this time with the world unindated with wisdom rather than water. Um, I'm actually going to read a scripture here real quick. Genesis seven eleven. Uh, in the 600th year of the life of Noah, all wellsprings of the great deep burst open and the windows of heaven were open. Now in the Zohar, and this is plenty of time before the Bible here, it says in the sixth century of the sixth millennium, the gates of supernal wisdom will be opened as well uh, as will the springs of earthly wisdom, preparing the world to be elevated in the seventh millennium. So when we talk the seventh, seven actually means divine intervention. In numerology, right? But also, when we when we talked about the ages and we go back to Leo, we're entering the age of Aquarius. That's the seventh age. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's another seven coming on. So it says the sixth century of the sixth millennium on the Jewish calendar corresponds to the period from 1740 to 1840. Indeed, a period of explosive advances in technology and science. At the same time, the gates of supernal wisdom were opened through the Hasidic masters of the Kabbalah. Now is the time to partake of both wisdoms, the earthly and the heavenly, to merge them as one and flood the world until the promise of the prophet is fulfilled. The earth will be filled with consciousness of God as water covers the ocean's floor. So it seems to me that we physically, technology and all this in the, in the world, we, we've we got that figured out in a sense. We're, we're developing things and things are getting better and better when it comes to, say, understanding them. But it's that application now of that spiritual knowledge. So we must go back and understand these religions and understand the Kabbalah and all that if we want to evolve. So that's more so my point. Yeah, of no, that absolutely. And like as you're saying that, like you can actually understand that even further because you're saying like you know you said that it's this gateway as well that it's this opening and it's this window and what's funny is because that's how and I, you know i don't want to jump too much ahead and and confuse anybody but like uh when it comes to the 22 paths you know that that are there in place that the 22 creative forces that is one of them that whole gateway that whole point of view that window to revelation um it's in it and it's an expression and it's it's called it's the he. It's it's part. It's basically what's described um, by the Hebrew alphabet. One of the letters, which is he, h e h, um, and that's one of that's what it describes as one of the creative forces. And I'll go more into what those mean, the twenty two paths and stuff. But I just think that's that's this is what I mean by you can really be able to understand these occurrences um, through the using the Kabbalah, um, and and it'll give you more of the uh, energetic harnessing that you need to make these things happen, to, you know, make them happen or to hold them as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you spoke about, you know, you, you said about how it's this, you know, knowing of God and this oneness and, and to use the Kabbalah to know that, which you will, you are not able to, and that's actually what the Kabbalah says is how there's certain points of these emanation uh, uh, emanations of energy 
and also these points of um, uh, of these certain creative forces that you cannot actually fathom them as a physical human being and the limitations that we have. You cannot fathom them in in such a how do you say it? like maybe not so much in a mental way of which you try to understand them. It's something that you won't be able to. You can get a notion of them, but you're not going to be able to. And one of those is, and which is at the top, which is the supreme oneness, which is the unity consciousness. Uh, it's often known as the crown. It's source, pure divine and potential. It's the first swirling that ever occurred. Um, that would be the kether, which is at the top of the Kabbalah diagram. And basically that's the nothingness. It has, there's, it's no form, only pure being. That's the I am. Um, and that's where everything outpours from and trickles down. And also it's what we are trying to connect back back to that we've had such a disconnect from. We spoke and said the dark ages, like that was a major occurrence of showing that the dark ages was that it was a major disconnection from the divine, from the, from the supreme oneness that we all come from. Um, and like I said, you, you can't, you can't fathom that. So that's one of the sephira, the, the sephiras, and when it's plural, it's said it's being it, it's known as a sephira, sephira, but it's the sephiroths. Mm-hmm. But that's the first ultimate highest uh, sephira is um, the kether. Um, yeah, and then when you it, it's to when you go down from that because obviously it trickles it trickles down, and this is how it's basically describing you know creation. Like just the pure forms of creation, how it occurs. Um, and I think that gives us a great understanding because it allows us to channel certain energies to and fro. Um, so when it comes down from that, you end up going to the next um, is the, the chokma. Chokma is the divine masculine. It's dualism. It's that yang energy, uh, fire. It also represents the sphere of the zodiac. Um, and I know that you have something to add when it comes to um, the Kether and now the Chokma when it comes. Yeah, well, I'm going to choke my bitch. She keeps acting <laughs> up. So. We do not condone violence. <laughs> Wasn't that not spiritual? <laughs> You're not spiritual, man. You can't say that stuff. No, I'm going to choke my bitch. You're going to choke your dog? I'm going to choke my bitch is what I'm saying. I'm calling you a bitch. I'm going to choke my choke bitch. My bitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. All right. So I just, I, I was looking at it. And even when you said, hey, you know, the natural American mind wants to make yeah. fun of everything. Um, we, we grew up in a country where we're, we're so, you know, ridiculous that everything has to be a TikTok or a joke or a well, I also, I also, anyway, think, I also so, think that's the purpose not to get off topic, but like, that's the purpose too. It's like, we take ourselves too seriously. We take life too seriously as well. I think too. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a big, uh, part of many 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 issues and problems that we have well you know it's funny you say that because even religions are taken too serious and i think that's a big problem with the world i think governments are taken too serious you know these dickheads put on suits and they they, they're put on the media and tv and the way we grew up is you know if you're on the tv you're special and it's romanticized thank god with social it's right exactly there's there's this dramatic layer of like this must be important because it's on a screen and it's so funny 
We we do, and we 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 also become obsessed with traditions. And the thing is, is so think about it, right? We've watched all these people on a screen, a TV screen, and what have we given every lame average person uh, access to is to record themselves on mm-hmm. a screen, and now you make a TikTok and you make an Instagram, and now you're significant because if you're on the screen, you're significant. We we take everything way too serious, and of course, I'm gonna choke my bitch because she takes everything too damn serious. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but but really, like it. At the same time, there is this balance of understanding the things and learning the application, but not to start wars over them, not to not to start these different denominations and say, oh, well, that group believes in something different, so they're going to be smited and go to hell. The energy that these people put yeah. out is awful, you know? And the thing is, is, uh, you know, by not taking it serious, you end up actually lowering your, your like, you know, um, stress. You, y- yeah, you, you lower your stress, but you also, you, you, <laughs> Eliminate the radar that you have of like, oh, no, nope, this can't be real. I can't agree with this because my my party, my government party said so, my whatever political party said so, my religion said so. No, 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 you can't meditate because demons will go inside of you. I can't do that. that and the Hindus say that they meditate, so they must be demonic. Like that's how things get passed around is like when we don't align with each other and we take ourselves too serious, you know? Like, so guess what? Metaphorically speaking, I'm, I'm going to choke my bitch. <laughs> But I don't have no bitch exactly. to choke, and I don't choke. But you know, so and I'm just choking around, like so. Right, because well, you, I could have been kind talking of, about right. So your sick mind out there. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah Tebow's right too. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that little squirt. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know what's funny? Uh, this, this is something that made me think about that because we were saying about the whole fact of, um, you know, people have become so obsessed with the physical and the the. Um, the, the visualization of things that they can actually see and the materialized forms of things to the point where when you think about obsession, can't that not be idol tree? And what is one of the things that the Bible says? That's a big no-no to I, We idolize yeah, our own idolize. And, and ourselves. I, that just yeah. because it's not a physical thing sometimes, that's still idol tree. And we know well, that the Catholic church and stuff does that. They're obsessed with themselves. They're narcissists and pedophiles. <laughs> yeah, they love little boys' poopoo yeah. holes. Um, but nice. uh, yeah, like exactly right. And the thing is, is we even get obsessed and idolize our own mm-hmm. ideas. We idolize celebrities and physical. And but the, all the physical meaning. But the thing is, is you're not even supposed to do that with this with this knowledge. Yeah. With like the the occult tells you like. And let's state it again. The occult just means hidden. It's just hidden things. It doesn't, just because the word cult is in there, it doesn't mean a cult, occult. Occult means to hide things because they don't want the morons who will misuse the power to actually have it, you know? So, and I, th- I feel like that's the initiation period of something. Like the universe set this all up because if you, if you don't read it the correct way, you have actually shown your your level and stage of consciousness that you're at. So that's where we, we can, if we wanted to have like some sort of tier, the tiers actually come from the understandings, the true understandings. And I think top tier people will actually, they, they hit a point where it's, you know, my real, all my wisdom, my real wisdom comes from not knowing anything. Yeah. And just to be in a state of speculation and constantly learning. And if you haven't, hit that point yet and you think you know it all then you're actually still at a lower stage of consciousness it doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't make you you know it technically the tears are just made up too don't take that too serious Mm -hmm. but at the same time there is this measurement of consciousness where it's if you don't understand this stuff and you joke around about it too much too 
you're missing yeah. the boat. Well, that's the thing. We have it. We have the capability of experiencing. So that's why when it's like when it comes to this, like this is to be used as a navigation of your own energy and your own soul and your own thinking and like in your own emotions. Like this is a, a, a navigation tool, pretty much, I would say, um, to be able to do that. And you can navigate down to the hells, the lower mind, those terrible experiences, things that you don't want to experience. So therefore you would define it as hell. Or you could, you know, you can navigate to higher understanding, higher feel, higher emotions, higher wisdom, all these things that, you know, that the heaven and that that's where this really is the, the, the loss in translation as this has gone by. And I don't think that there's enough importance sometimes put on this type of definition uh, of, of, of this as well. So, so, so like I was saying, we were on the, the chokma, that, that chokma, don't say it, <laughs> um, that, that sifra, uh, which is the chokma with down from the kether, the supreme oneness would be the chokma, which is the divine masculine dualism, yang, it's fire. It's also considered to be the sphere of the zodiac. And what I was getting at for you to say was how you related that to um, your findings on how that would be the you said as far as a zodiac um as well it could be aquarius right didn't you say that the the kether could be neptune okay if that's what and then the chokma yes is uranus uranus oh you Um, did it by the planets that's right yeah yeah yeah. so but each of the sephiroth though is associated with the planet and this helps to understand its energy Mm -hmm. but it also opens up the world though to the to the uh, you know astrology to the student of kabbalah because when you learn kabbalah you you add the layer of astrology and you actually are going to understand a deeper uh meaning to everything it also just help it gives you a uh, what are those things called where you have like a little thing at the bottom um, of a, a footnote puzzle to help you out uh-huh. kind of, or footnote or that's fine too but i forget what those are uh those are called but yeah so like it gives you the ability to kind of define these sephiroths and all that um easier so with kether was neptune and that would be more pisces ruled but yeah and pisces is by the way the 12th sign it is it does rule god and the divine and that would make sense why it's at Mm -hmm. the top would be that the you know the the one wise god uh, of everything but chokma yes that's the number two sephiroth and the planets uranus and um it's sort of like a television aerial representing the electric force that comes from this planet and is shown that in the Sephora as it gives energy to your ideas, inspiring you and putting the spark of life onto the tree. Mm-hmm. It takes no thing and turns it into something. And as a planet, it can sometimes indicate where there may be disruption. Um, we know that with yeah. Uranus. Uh, but how often does disruption lead to new beginnings? Of course, frequently. Yeah, exactly. So that was that would be the rule. Yeah. The so that's you know, and and I think that's how we should go through this. Is like, well, I'll we'll, I'll go through the um, you know, the the ten uh, Sephiroths as well, and you give the correlation as well with the with the planets, and and to break it down even further, sure. so we have a further understanding. And like you said for the Chokma, and like it's so funny how that matches up with Uranus as well, uh, being that it's you know Uranus is also ruled by Aquarius, and I said that Chokma is uh, the sphere of the zodiac itself, and Aquarius mm. and Uranus rule astrology. Um, but yeah, so it's the pure energy. It's the great stimulator. That's a big Uranus thing as well. It's the creative force. It also a way that you could look at it is like sperm, straight up sperm, right? Sperm yep. is a force mm-hmm. on its own. It's a thing, but without 
And I'm going to get to the next part, but without it being received as something, it's just a, a stimulating force, if anything, you could say that. So which makes me move to the next part, uh, the next tiferah, which is uh, Bina. Bina is now the divine feminine. It's equilibrium. It's understanding. And it's also in the... Um, in the uh, in the in the planet interpretation would be considered Saturn. Now, why would it be considered Saturn? Well, the in Bina form, uh, it's with his rings around him brings form to the tree. And here in Bina, the first rules are applied. It is by acknowledging the laws of the universe that all things come into manifestation. Uh, it also rules the uh, the egg. Yes. So you had or no? Sorry. So the next one rules yeah, the, the egg. No, well, no, this I think would Saturn, be, right. This would Saturn. be the womb of creation. There you go, the, yeah. the womb, right. Exactly, so that makes sense. So all things come into manifestation. It's the thing that brings mm. into manifestation. Yes. You know, so you had the sperm, which was Chokma, yes. right? And now you have the womb, which is uh, Bina, and that's ruled by the Saturn. But in an astrology, Saturn it does, it's, what's a, it's about manifestation. Um, so it's to get the rules in place. That's what Saturn always asks in astrology and now in in the Kabbalah yeah. or in a balance. So in a um, balanced form of the pathway then between Shokma and Bina, it would be the, it creates the form from the energy of Shokma or the divine masculine energy. Sure. Sure. So yeah, it gets the rules in place and then also where they aren't in place. So it's also that reforming to get things correctly in place for mm-hmm. order. Uh, you know, and, and things will be brought into order once passed through this energy, uh, put his perfect form, uh, on the tr- on your tree, and notice that this male planet represents the great mother. Bina is also polarity, the complementary aspect of opposites. Yes, exactly. So therefore, that's where that equilibrium comes in. It's the and it's the actual understanding, you know. So it's you know that you have the dualism, but then this is the understanding of it and the the more so of that top tier harnessing of that energy that comes in. Um, but yeah, sure. but moving on to the next one, then below that would be uh, the Chesed, which Chesed is known to be, you know, mercy, the L, God, structure, righteousness, and it would be Jupiter. Why Jupiter? Because um, it's Melchizedek. Chesedek. Cheese. Are you sure this isn't cheesed? Cheesed. No, definitely Chesed. Anyway, so ruled by Jupiter, it's the fourth number. Uh, the big four, easy to remember, as it looks like a figure four, Jupiter, the hmm. sign. Uh, Jupiter is benevolent. Uh, is ben- right? Benevolent. Benevolent? Benevolent. Jupiter is benevolent. He's the gift giver, and he offers abundance, but sometimes abundance is a hard one to deal with. Uh, abundance can lead to ex- excess. This is where we can get carried away with the adventure, but Jupiter uh, has a big smile always, big pockets, and a generous nature. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and just remember, I want the listener to remember that these 10 sephirots are divine emanations. They're points and outpours of energy in a continuous flow throughout our body and throughout the universe, micro macro as well. So, yes. Yeah, so when, yeah, actually, mm-hmm. and, and let me add this in, even if you knew astrology and you came back to this and was using it for astrology, this would also now give you Big another time. layer. I think this actually adds more to astrology than it, it does astrology adds to this. Yeah, in a sense. I definitely can see that now. Yeah, it def- definitely does. I, I mean, I mean, I I don't know enough. Like we we're we just. I mean, we've known mm-hmm. about this, but we're we're fresh yeah. to this. And uh, from what I've what I would know from astrology, and I, if I was, this is helping me immediately 
And if I were to do a chart reading, these archetypes are a big help. Yeah, definitely. And that's, Mm -hmm. and it's funny because the first three are actually considered to be, um, the first three are actually considered to be in a boundary of its own and barrier of its own, which the top three are considered the abyss, which is actually the ultimate disconnect from spirit, um, God, or it's like the banished. Like when you're looking from the lower, lower, lower level, it's like the complete disconnect from spirit, God, and it's actually considered the banishment from Eden. From Eden, uh, that first three makes a triangle, and that would be the the super the supernal triangle, which is the force, the ultimate forces. Those three forces, um, and that contains the supreme oneness, the divine feminine, feminine, and the divine masculine. That could also be seen as the holy trinity as well. Um, but yeah, so that's just something to keep in mind and we're on to the next, the second barrier. But, um, like we said with the chessid, which would be considered Jupiter as well, as far as this emanation of energy that it would be, it would be like love and kindness, goodness, uh, where all things come from. That's where all the goodness comes from. Um, it's the story of Santa Claus comes there from you Jupiter. Go. And it's peace, fairness, and order. Oh, and actually, you know, it's funny. Uh, there's Jupiter rule religions and Saturnian. Yeah. And you could see how this. Religions. There's your male and female. Yeah. And you could see how that manifested aspects. into even even this, this being. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then right across from the Chesed, uh, where now we're in the, 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 the second triangle that's there. Um, you have the. My favorite number. Yes, number five, the Geberach. The Geberach is. Uh, this emanation is depicted as uh, energy of strength, might, and expansion. It's the cosmic law. It's also carried out karma. You know, it's it's definitely that. Um, and the planet that it would represent, uh, or should I say the planet would represent this, would be Mars. And what do we know about Mars? Well, one, it looks like a symbol for the male. Um, fittingly, as Mars is the planet that governs war, anger, passion, and sport, but he's also creative, active, and wants us to to get on with it. Uh, Here we look at what has to go, what confrontation has to happen so that things can run smoothly, and what lessons have been learned and what lessons need to be delivered. Uh, Mars cuts away what's no longer required to make the action. So there's that. And to take the action. There's that cosmic law in place. There's that, that karma that's being carried out, whichever way that it needs to be carried out, but there it is right there. Um... And then next you get to now where it's different. And that and and just to add into that, since uh well actually I'll, I'll add into that later. But um the next point down from that, because now it's the triangle, not up, not you could always, like I said, pull up a, if you're listening to this, pull up the actual diagram of it. It'll the visualization is important um in this way. And this is this is why it's only enhanced. Um but We'll, we'll eventually make yes, videos. Exactly. I think we've said that, but we'll say it again. We're eventually going to make videos. Eventually also maybe even have some screen sharing mm-hmm. and, and we'll be on YouTube and, and Odyssey and, uh, and uh, what's the new one? Rockfin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So now this triangle is kind of going where it's, you know, the point is at the top. This is the point now down at the bottom. And this barrier of, of, of which it's in is considered to be the veil of uh, Paraketh which would be the disconnect between our souls. If you're looking, once again, if you're looking from the bottom, bottom, bottom point, it's the disconnect between our souls and our egos. It's that, it's that in-between area now. Um, and it's the highest point our human consciousness can rise. 
Um, not to say that you can't go beyond that, but it's the highest point of which us in our physical body can actually reach or experience. Um, so this next point, which is uh, that 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 Sephiroth that's um, in the center, and the diagrams of of the Kabbalah is can be portrayed and moved many different ways. But for this sake, we're going to go about it this way. Um, so this next emanation point would be the the Tephora. Now the Tephora is uh, known to be the Christ consciousness. That's the love and beauty. That's that solar light. And it's considered to be the sun. So it's the force into form and it's the form into force as well. So this is that in-between point as well. It's the point of meeting all, it's it's the point where all other emanations meet. Um, so that's how we could see it. It's that connectivity. It's connecting the higher heavens with also the lower states of man. And what was Jesus? Jesus was the son, the son of God. And he was the, the Christ conscious. He was Christ. And he was the connectivity said to have come to bring uh, the, the knowledge of heaven on earth and as earth uh, on earth as it is in heaven. So there's that. And it would be the sun. So, which would also be Leo. And actually the symbol is a circle with a dot in the yeah. center. So that I think maybe even the, the, that could be mentioned or maybe even created from Kabbalah, sure. uh, the sun's uh, hieroglyph. So yeah, a circle with a dot in the center, which is the sun in astrology. It also means our life's, our, our life's force and the balancing point on the tree, the place where it can be reflected horizontally as well as vertically. Uh, this planet is one of healing, one that makes us all feel good when we feel its energy on us and it lights our way ahead. The sun is also our will where the strong focus of our life is likely to be. So if you know astrology, everything I just said is this, it's the same thing. You look at your sun sign and that's where you're going to be fed all your, your solar light, all your solar energy. The thing that drives your solar system, I guess, in more of a metaphysical, metaphysical Mm -hmm. way is it's going to, it's, um, it's going to take things in that area of your life and that's it's going to it's going to feed your soul yes, with it. Yes, exactly. And I think this is the point is to meditate knowing this you can meditate on these uh emanations as well and be able to guide yourself into um thinking, feeling uh, being able to like depict it as well in your mind's eye and to be able to to imagine it in that way to really, really use your own energy and the cosmic energies and, uh, and, and materialize it in such a way that's when I say materialize, I don't even mean in an actual physical like matter sense. I mean, materialize it even in a, in a etheric sense. Um, and doing so you may not believe it, but this is the magic that occurs. This is the thing that happens in the ultimate, uh, the, the, intelligent field as well. And this is what it's explaining. Um, magic with yes, a K. Magic with a K. Should have emphasized that before. CK. Um, and so now the next one now that we have here is the, and I know you're going to say something funny about this, but the net sack. No, I think you just I know. <laughs> Tell me about the yes, net sack. Yes, that's number seven, the net sack. And that's the mystery. That's mystery. That's polarities and feelings uh, the glittering splendor, unselfishness, um, and it's also considered to be Venus. Nice. I wonder if I have a glittering yeah. net sack. 
<laughs> Let your net sack shine, bro. Right. Oh, God. Yeah, it's... Uh, Mm-hmm. So that's ironic though because it's called that and it's the symbol for the yeah. female actually because Venus is a female funnily enough it actually and of course because Venus, Venus is the female goddess she's also the goddess of feminine energy uh, love and feelings as, as well as all things in nature often seen surrounded by animals as well as wearing white looking fabulous and generally being adored she brings her grace and charm to Netsack mm-hmm. uh, but make no mistake she can bring tough love when required or she can cut off your Netsack mm-hmm. there you go exactly when pissed off <laughs> yeah we all know females we know them Shots all them right well. off mm-hmm. but but yeah so now understanding that in that way it's like the the movement and the understanding of this energy would be to see it as uh the victory over obstacles um, and and to really understand that all those possibilities of victory over these obstacles is there. It's where light is scattered and free moving, but not in form yet. Um, so it's experience, it's perception, um, or it's your or feelings, it's themselves, and balancing them between individual and collective energies. So that's the focal point on on that. Um, but the next part to bring is number eight would be the Hode. Hode is glory. It's visions of splendor. We said that the other one was glittering splendor, but this is the actual thing now. Um, and, and it's the visions of splendor, truthfulness, uh, ego, but in the ego, but the reason, like reason of ego, um, it would be considered stellar light. Um, and also planet wise, it would be mercury. Ironically, too, you said like the explanation or definition of mm-hmm. ego or what gives the yes. ego, right? So it's funny because Mercury is the sun's one-hand mm. man. You know, the sun is the willpower. Sun is the ego, the spiritual ego. And Mercury would define that. You know, he's the one-hand man for the sun. And so with Mercury, he's the talkative one. Now, Geo and I both have big mercurial parts of our planet, or of our planet, of our chart, Um He's a Virgo rising, I'm a Gemini, both ruled by Mercury. So when we think Mercury, we think the talkative one. He's also the winged god of communication, the planet of images, uh, and sits perfectly in Hod, where we create pictures before we manifest our dreams and goals. Um, This boy is fleet of foot and can occasionally cause mischief as we sometimes create images that aren't quite what we want, sometimes through fear and sometimes through advertising, uh, bombarding this planet to get to get us to buy stuff that we really don't need. Uh, Be aware, always. And yes, when Mercury goes retrograde or appears to go backwards in the heavens, everyone clutches their cardigans and gets ready for travel disruption. Mm. Exactly. So the God of traveling as well. So travel, communication, um, marketing, advertising, all that. But in the spiritual way, it, it defines our sun, it defines our ego. It defines the things spiritually that we want to manifest. So you see how like there's certain people that may not look at astrology in this way, but there's it goes again. And I know we had our episode on divination tools. And this is the point is to understand, to have that, this uh, connectivity with the divine um, and to be able to sit there and be like, okay, well, it's not just looking about what this planet is doing and ruling and what, you know what I mean? It's, it's understanding the energetic force that's happening above that also happens within you as well. It's, um, also like an actual, you know, it can be considered that it's an energetic point as well. That's embodying these types of, uh, classifications you could say, 
Um, but yeah, so like the being about that truthfulness and that communication, it's yeah, the hode is the infinity. It's mental forms, thoughts, and identity. Um, and it's the concentrated mind forms where all consciousness actually becomes comprehensible. So it's where we're starting to actually be able to comprehend um, the energies themselves. Um, so which would lead, this leads to the ninth one, which is, which is the yasad. Yasad now is more so of the completion. It's the foundation. Um, it could be considered the astral plane. It's the visions of the machinery of the universe. So looking at the planets, being able to see the stars, you know, being able to see those things occur. Um, also, I think it's also experiencing like even the heat from the sun. Um, it's it's also independence. It's the lunar flame. And it's actually, this is now the moon. It's ruled by the moon. Yep. And so when ruled by the moon, when you said astral, mm-hmm. You know, moon is a water sign. It's emotions. It's spiritual as well, ruled by cancer. Um, uh, a happy moon is one that's waxing, gaining power instead of losing it. So the moon's always about our emotions and our emotions go with the moon. Uh, as distinct from our feelings, she's silvery like a mirror and holds more information in our subconscious, which is why it represents, you know, it could help represent dreams or the images in them uh, when we're unconscious, when we're traveling the astral world. Um, so, it holds more information in our subconscious than we will ever have time to use. Past life work is often associated with Yassad and the moon's influences uh, are behind many of our reactions. Yeah. So this is that, that divine point or that energetic point um, or perspective of where all emanations connect and engage with physical reality. So it's the link between mind and matter. Um, and this is where it can be that step of being where it's used for good or it's used for e- uh, for evil. Um, so it's that vibrational movement into matter. It's between the, the etheric and the astral plane um, that, that occurs. And we can, we can reach that. Now, lastly would be the Malkuth. The Malkuth now is the new cycle. It's the physical itself. It's the kingdom. It's also the four elements and represented by the earth. And in the chart, it's actually called the part of fortune. Mm. And this is where we'll find most benefits in this life. It's a great indication of our life purpose. Uh, Here, however, it really does remind us of the work we've just done. We're in a physical environment that gives us form to all the Sephiroth above it. So it it basically is the culmination uh, from the utmost spiritual and and the creator all the way down through all the energies and comes into us. And it's what we're creating here with all of that, what we've gathered from that, from all those energies and all those things we've experienced through life. And we are, you know, we're on earth and this represents Mm -hmm. earth and all the earth has all the four elements. So it's basically, it's the, it's the culmination. So now that you have a tree that has the planets on it and, and all of these other aspects and elements, you could see how with the occult knowledge, it, it all connects. Yeah. It all ends up meeting in the middle. And this is, like I said, maybe not, if not the most spiritual, it's close to the most spiritual and the most ancient of all the teachings and bridges it all together. Yeah, exactly. So that's, and no matter what, even if you're not a spiritual person, it does not change the fact that you come from the divine. You that you, When it comes down to it, even on a material world form, you come from the divine. And that's what that Malkuth is. It's the motion into form. Um, it's 
the kingdom of God in present form and the kingdom of heaven here now. It's now. It's the kingdom, like we always say, the kingdom of heaven within you. Um, and just as that moves downwards into the physical, it also is part of the uh, ascension process, uh, process moving upwards from the physical back connected to the divine. And I said how that comes into play with the um, with the, how we see the golden ratio, the Fibonacci, even within the Kabbalah. Um, so those are the 10 Sephiroths. Um, but, uh, you know, th- th- the thing is like it, there's also it's also often depicted using the Hebrew letters, as we said, and that's used in numerology. Um, They represent the cosmic spiritual sound, all in relation to creation and vibrational occurrences, which can be believed to be the makeup of universal macrocosmic and microcosmic frequencies. That's how the numerology comes in. And that's how we can actually see it in more sort of a mathematical form. And same thing with its relation to the Fibonacci. Um, and each one of those Sephiroths lay on, because the way they're laid out, they each lay on a one of three pillars. Um, and that's, once again, the Trinity, uh, Trinity principle that we see come in, male, female, child, masculine, feminine, physical. Um, the, left, the left pillar would be um, the severity. Um, that would be yin, female, and that's the formative. It's the constricting to facilitate growth. The middle would be the equilibrium, and that's harmony and balances, of course, pretty uh, explanatory on its own. And then the right pillar would be mercy. That's the yang energy. That's the male. It's expansive. That's raw energy without form or without function. But together, all these things come together and and they create what we see. They create energy in an, in an actual form, it creates what we see as the physical reality as well. Um, but there's levels to this shit, like we always say. Um, and that bottom that bottom barrier level where that contains all that, um, you know, there was the that's the, you know from the bottom, and then that that slightly between the between part is also the abstract or abstract or uh, ethical triangle. So that's like the leveling of the soul. And it contains the soul. It contains soul evolution there as well and soul karma. Um, and then when you get more to the physical, it's considered the goal for the 32nd pathway. That's the realization that we are more than our physical bodies and properties and environments. Um, that's the astral triangle. And it's a unique form of egos um, and our personalities. It's our collective thoughts and feelings of our own individual identity. Uh, that can, that It's the container of feelings, thoughts, and personality. Um, uh, it's, you know, personality and intent like the intent to be. Uh, so that's, like I said, channeled down into the bottom Sephira between ether and the astral. So the Yasad into the Makuth and vice versa. Um, the big thing that that comes into these is that the, the four elements play a big part into what that would be considered as the tree of life. Um, and it plays a big part through the inexpressible nature of God through the uh, Tetragrammaton. And... Mm. Yeah. In the Tetragrammaton, that's where we see that whole YHVH, you know, the uh, Yad, Hey, Vav, Hey, you know, what we say is also in our DNA. They made they made an actual been uh, an actual uh, depiction with of our DNA being encrypted of literally saying that like made by God. 
Um, and you can look more into that. I know I'm being real vague on that, but, um, uh, yeah, so the, the, by, as far as the elements, it's considered the four worlds of the tree of life. And me and Ray had a discussion earlier about this where even in astrology, there's a weird uh, there's a weird way how the elements are listed a lot of the times when it comes to energy. And I think we kind of figured it out as far as understanding why certain ones get switched up or the before the other one. Um, but in this tree of life, it goes the yad he vav he. Yad would be fire, and that's impulse or creative force. That's that generation of energy, male. Um, it's the male form, and that's the emanation archetypes. Um, and then he is the water, nurturing receptivity, which develops impulse. That's the creation or the conception. And then vav is the air. The formation and child of the two elements, it's the intellectual mind and etheric, that's formation and development. And then hey is earth, um, it's the physical manifestation and material matter, of course, the daughter of that, and then it's the action, it's the manifestation. But the thing that we said is, is say, what, say what you said to me earlier about that whole thing with the elements, you know, that it's seen a different way. Well, I noticed just through studying a lot of this stuff where people maybe can get stunted and they and they give up or they just they don't it's like so confusing because little things like this will be annoying because you know, Geo mentions this order of uh, and what was it? It was fire, water, yeah. air, and then yeah. earth. And then I relate it back to the world systems and all of their layerings of say elements where the Greeks they had earth, water, air, mm-hmm. fire. You know, same thing with, uh, you know, like say medieval times had physical, astral, mental, fire, and light. And so, and that would be the equivalent to earth, water, air, fire, and say a new mind. Um, But yeah, I think it's just because you're catching it in different form of, you know, with astrology, say, and something that's explaining the wave already manifested. Mm -hmm. And when I say the wave, meaning like something has already in movement, it's like, I feel like Kabbalah might be in more of the spiritual or God realm of things, it's beyond here and then manifest down into here when yet something like astrology or all these are explaining processes of things already in manifest. Like the, like the wave concept of the wave, like, like the, the energy of which we can't even measure. So it's showing it from like, that's what we think that it's showing it from that point, because in astrology, you would get it where it's, you know, fire, earth, um, air, water, and sometimes they switch water and air, which I, I don't, I don't know about that. That's that's a, an ancient thing too, where it's it was always like the ancients. I think they they put it as fire, earth, air, water, um, mm-hmm. and that would be representing the wave of energy, how it goes. You get the focal point, which is the generation point of of energy. I know I've spoken this before, and then you have a point in the wave where it's. It's it's holding its own. It's conserved. It's the conserved point that would be Earth, and then uh, you know where now it's it's declining as well. Now the wave and it's kind of losing that momentum would be the corruption, which would be air, and then the end point would be um, would be water, uh, which is the mm-hmm. destruction of energy. When I say destruction, it doesn't necessarily mean that energy ends. It's just that it's transferred over into you know the next the next point. So what we kind of discovered on our own was that basically 
yes, that represents the physical reality of which we're in, even the energy that kind of goes beyond our physical. But this, the Kabbalah goes a step further, maybe, where it's actually going beyond and showing the energy through the elements and through these properties in a way that's before the wave is actually formed, if that makes sense. Yeah, just the traveling in the physical, yeah. you know? And, and then maybe the tree of the Kabbalah is more so the process and energy that the human goes through, you know? So in nature, if you have, say, the waveform in, explained in astrology where Aries is the starting point, where you have fire, Taurus goes to earth, air, Gemini, and then water, um, cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, that kind of describes just another way to stack the elements. I think it's, you know, things could be twisted infinitely, but because there's different processes and different meanings behind it. So it's not to discredit it or say that, oh, well, this one said this and this one said this, so what? what's right? At that point, you will kind of want to, once again, suspend your beliefs and, and begin to speculate if you want to truly understand mm-hmm. it, you know? And to truly understand these things really is for the sake of good. Like, these things last thousands and thousands of years. It's been always my, say, outlook on this is it must be important. It must be. And it's why did I want to go deeper into religions and all that, even though the stories don't make sense and there's no historical value to it and it really doesn't do anything for me. Well, it's because I, I'm learning to see through the veil and we have to be patient in this day and age where we want to throw TikTok on and start dancing and laughing within the matter of 30 seconds, uh, 10 emotions were hit that we like. And we like those little, those little dopamine mm-hmm. hits with this information. The seekers have to be patient. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's, it's very, it's very disciplined and that's, that's the point of it now to be able to interact with these energy points like that's why the Kabbalah goes in a way of explaining the 22 pathways or the creative forces of which you can actually achieve in order to um, in order to like uh, activate these uh, these emanation points and these energy forces themselves. Um, and it's funny because the 22 pathways, I think we mentioned it a little bit, they're also associated with uh, the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, also, the 22 major arcana in the tarot, uh, each holding a deep spiritual mystic message. Um, and then when they're in harmony, it shows that the heavenly forces and the earthly forces are fully united in one. So um, these pathways are like journeys, like the journey and the obstacles and the rewards moving through the states of being. So understanding that can understanding these pathways you can see as far as like what you need to do if you're in certain situations or if you're trying to accomplish something or if you're trying to even receive one, well, it's the same thing, receive an accomplishment in a way. But that's that's the point we're trying to get at is understanding them to the point where you can utilize this now. Um, and I think that's the that's the, you know, some things that where we see even with all divination the Bible itself, we see how that's not used a lot of times properly. It's just regurgitated. Uh, the same thing can happen with this. Um, people can use the context of certain things of the Bible and use it for bad, or they can use it for good. There's certain things where even this, it can be used for bad and it can be used for good. Um, and and that's and that's actually the funny part about that. I mean, I wouldn't say funny, but um, the fact that there is, or believed to be, that there is... Um, people or forces 
of which use this knowledge in a way to actually control um, things that go on in our reality. Um, and a lot of times are linked up with these secret societies or these deep state or, you know, Illuminati, like shit like that. And the dark magic and all that. Um, so that's what I'm saying. It's there's where that free will comes in and the abysmal will comes into it as well. But these 22 paths, um, they're represented by the Hebrew alphabet, like I said. Um, and it's divided up into three groups. You have, uh, the three mother letters, which are Shin, Men, and Aleph, and those are the root forces. Once again, you see that three, that's that holy trinity. That's air, water, and fire. That's beyond the physical. Um, then you have the seven double letters, Tav, Resh, Pen. I'm not even going to name them all. But um, uh, those are the dual natures describing opposing concepts. So basically the pathways of life and the creative forces of life and death, wisdom and folly, uh, peace and war. Um, also, you can see how that relates to the seven double letters. It also relates to the seven alchemical metals or even the seven chakras. And then um, you have the 12 single letters. Um, like again, I'm not going to go through them, but those are the singular ideas and pronunciations. So those, those are the one, like it's the one thing and the naming or defining of it. And that also relates to the 12 signs of the zodiacs. So so it comes into play and each one has its own unique, uh, unique property of which that can be embodied. Um, like just, just for example, the Aleph, right? It's also depicted with the ox. That's the raw power force, the primal, primal force, primal energy. Uh, it's what's behind all creation. It's the essence of infinite potential. Like that's just that, that start um, it's like the fact of even just to have a simple epiphany. That force behind that epiphany occurring can also be the Aleph. It's where the word alphabet came yeah. from, too. True. Aleph and and I forget the the B. Hmm. And uh, you know, but it, yeah, and that's letters hmm. and numbers and all that, which Kabbalah comes from. And what's ironic, you know, I was thinking, I was looking at something in this uh, in this article I have. Um, why did they start at path 11? They don't start at path one. So when I'm looking at it, path 11 is the fool, and it says Chokma to Kether, the final path and the first. As you've seen, the higher paths are more abstract, not so easy to put into words, if I'm being honest. But I could say that this is the path of endings and beginnings, like the universe. The fool has what he needs for the journey ahead. We all do, but it's knowing what to use and when to use it that makes a difference. Now, I go beyond path 11, and nothing's there, and it says that's the final path. When I go to the beginning, it does say at the beginning of the article that these are the 22 paths, but it's 32 to 11. Hmm. And what's ironic, I was thinking about this, because 32 and 23 mirror each other, and 23 is a big number and everything. Um, but 32, if you multiply it twice, you have the, um, what's the, the I Ching, right? 64. Uh, okay, yeah. Sit 32 and 32. So that plays into it too. There's some number connections there, but yeah, very, very odd. See, we, we don't know everything yet either, but I look at this article, which claims to be a notable source and uh, it starts at path yeah. 11. Very so this is something to be, yes, like logically, uh, I wouldn't go too much into this logically, but to be able to understand these uh, creative forces and these uh, motions as well of energy, you know, then you can sit there and do them in your 
whatever your meditative practices are, you know, and even just embodying them in your daily routines in life um, to help you achieve that higher consciousness. What's funny is like below uh, a left is Beth. And there's a funny connection with that. That was it. What? That was alphabet. Uh, yeah, exactly. Alphabet. But also Beth is the first action in creation. It's the creator and the created. It's the idea of a container of something. And what's funny is where was Jesus born? In Bethlehem. You know, we also broke that mm-hmm. down as house of bread as well. But Jesus is supposed to be the physical container of the creator. So he is the created and the creator. So I just think that's a funny little con- connection. And then you have Jamel, which is expansion. Um, it's it's referenced as the camel. And when you think about the camel, what is the camel? What was the camel used for and done? The camel like really um, created a a forming of a link between locations and long distances as well. And they have that golden golden look to them as well. Um, so that's where this Jamel is as well, is that Jamel as well. Hey, how you doing? Uh, so it's that forming link. It's also associated with the dark night of the soul, um, because it, when you're in your dark night of the soul and you're having that process, you're linking from where you've been, where you, where you're at and where you're trying to go. And that's that whole association there. So it's the unification of opposites. It's give and receive, um, and then you have the Deleth. Deleth is the, the dimensions themselves. Uh, humiliate, uh, humility um, and reception. The door or the gateway. Uh, moving between states of consciousness as well and states of being. Uh, it's the nullification of ego in the presence of the spirit to go back to source. So just, just with those, you can see how you're understanding um, the types of way of thinking, feeling, believing, visualizing. Um, and these are the things that can be used, like I said, in whatever meditative practices they are. Not saying that it has to be yoga, not saying that it has to be, uh, you know, sitting there cross-legged, like I always say, but, you know, it's in all that you do, basically. And it's, you know, how you receive and give that energy as well. Um it was the 10, by the way. You have the 10 on the tree. And then after that is the paths. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. the 10 on the tree and then the paths is the twenty, the 22 paths. 22, I, which is why you have 32. Yeah, because yeah. I also mm-hmm. think how they go about that is because of, I guess like because it's um, different directions as well. Yeah, it's taking the 10 and, go, and having different. So like path 17, what's on my screen right now is the Tephereth to the Bina. And it says, talking of destiny, here's the path from the soul to the spiritual. The lover's card shows you with your holy, your divine holy guardian angel, not another being, but a part of you, the part of you that knows your purpose, uh, your part in the great plan. Astrologically is the sign of Gemini, a sign often accused of having two faces. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> not true, but moving on. It's the symbolic, perhaps, of the dual nature or the symbol of the, the, the dual nature of humanity within the incarnate personality being reflected, the holy guardian. Let's just get this straight. We all have Gemini energy in us. We're all fucking two-faced. Shut up. It's it's, it's dualism. Shut your mouth. (laughs) We all could have good days and bad days, and we also- We're all assholes at the end of the day, all right? That's it. So we got we got people over in in Israel at one point meditating and praising God, and the next are firing missiles. So yeah, duality exists. It's a great representation of that. 
Um, yeah. Praise God, but kill the kids in Palestine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's funny. I'm sure, I'm sure their God is, is praising them back yeah. for that. He's like, oh yeah, you're right. They're wrong. I created them, but you know, you guys are right. I back you up. You're fine. Good job killing those children. I'm going to have about 17 virgins waiting for yeah. you out back when you get here. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh God. You know what though? I die. All right. Let me just say it. Fucking idiots. <laughs> now I'm going to say it. Idiots. You just, uh, look, people, if you kill children, you are no longer on my radar as a good person. I don't care yeah, what there's no, there's, I don't care what color you are. I don't care what d- denomination. I don't give a shit what your beliefs are. You kill children. You are a bad person. Bottom line. Yeah, it's just, there's just no say, justification. I don't care. You're not, you're not judge, you know. Yeah, I don't care if the tree of life told you to do it I, I, or the Sephiroth and whatever else or this chart in your astrology says you should go kill children. I don't think that says it anywhere. So uh, I think it's a disconnect from the divine. Completely. I think it's from misunderstanding religion and misunderstanding these sciences. And so, yeah, all these Roths and Oths and da-da-da-da-da and these words, they mean something. But remember, kids are dying because of misconstrued and misunderstood information that all of this represents, you know, so. Yeah, well, I anyway, mean, I sorry, think, I a think. Little, little rant there. No, you know? absolutely. And to go along with that, I mean, that's, see, that's something where knowing this, like, and knowing one of those creative forces in the pathway, one that comes to mind now here is, is the Zayan. The Zayan, that's one of the, the one of the 22 paths. And that's considered, uh, it's symbolized by the sword or the weapon or the tool, but it's power unused. So it's like, for example, that's like the Japanese warrior who meditates with their sword because it's a symbol of power. And it's like they have the, the, the existence of being able to materialize, but not doing so yet. So you have, you can materialize the idea of using that sword to, uh, uh, to sit there and I, I shouldn't even say a sword. You can sit, I'll, I'll use a hammer instead. You can, and then I know you said this plenty of times, but you have that, this is where that energy comes in is that thought that comes in where it's like, I can use this hammer to build a house or I can take this hammer and I could fall into the folly of thinking of my neighbor who sucks, who makes me want to, okay, my landlord instead, who's, who sucks and makes me want to build my own house, but I'm going to take this hammer instead and bash it over his head and kill him so I don't have to deal with him, not build my own house. So it's that, it's, that's the pathway right there. You can go either way and that's how each one of these pathways should be looked at. Yeah. Mm. So, and um, yeah. yeah, I mean, as far as that as well, like it's, the, you. I, I, I don't want to like, sit here and list off there's a few that are good to really go into that can really uh uh, make sense with a lot of things um but you can always go look at them yourself as well um just i'm just trying to see if there's any more specific ones to really point out um I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of it is not that it's self-explanatory, but it's these things are personal in a sense. Same thing with religions. You know, you you can learn only so much about the symbols, but you do have to at some point go um, read these things and look at these things, which I believe our presentations will get a lot better. Our podcast will become a lot better once we have physical representations and we could show you, but then it gives you the ability to have some sort of individual perspective on it and to understand what it truly means through your engagement of it and your and the sight of it you know you can only talk about it so much um why do you think it was a religion based off of 
you know, not being written down first. Yeah, exactly. And like part of what we're doing, if you want to, if I want to relate it to a spiritual path by even doing this episode and understanding, this is like the, uh, the pathway of Lamed. Lamed is like the, it's symbolized by a staff or needle. And this is the learning of the soul, spiritual learning. It's where you, where, um, you're prodding into higher sources and higher consciousness or the higher self is prodding into you and into your soul. And this is where this is like learning. This is an activation of that. That's how you can relate this to being that path and being on that path or not being on that path. Um, and, and when you do that as well, like what happens, what occurs in that process, whatever you choose would also be the pathway of mem and that's water. It's tangible energy that can be shaped and felt, but lacks solidification. Um, and that's where you can shape whatever energy it is into feeling that's, that's not necessarily so, that's not actually material, but it actually is there. Um, and like that could be like chi, chi energy, shakti. That's the divine mother. It's the balance, like balancing your emotions. That would be mem. Um, and then you have also within mem would be none. And it's the path of the fish within the water of mem. So something that's more solid um, from mem's energy. And that could be something like uh, the body and with the soul. The soul is there, but are you working with the soul? Are the body none? Is it, is it, uh, you know, within the water of Mem, the soul. So these are the ways to visualize it and look at it and to feel upon it and and work and to really actually do what it's called path work. This is called path work, and to learn to do the path work is how you use the Kabbalah to be able to get to that higher state of consciousness or to be able to channel from higher states of consciousness and to also materialize and to manifest as well. Um, but the problem with that is th- even if you're trying to manifest for good, there's a way of going about it, um, that can bring in actually, um, destructive energy to yourself as well, even if it may be for good. And it's like, well, what the hell, if I'm doing it for good, what's the point of me even using this? Well, it's the fact of being able to understand it, to move energy and let it materialize on, on its own as well. Not so much that you are, only doing it to gain that thing. It should be done as a whole, as a whole of making that true connection back to the divine and being in connection with it. So that's, that's really what that means and stuff there. Um, yeah, it makes sense. And, uh, you know, I mentioned a few episodes back on having an issue with people with manifesting, mm-hmm. you know, it's cause that's the point is to holistically manifest something is to one believe it's done and over with and you've felt it and you visualized it and it's all aspects of our being you know you have to be fully connected to that thing you want to bring into your life if you just watch the secret and you're like oh if i I can manifest a million dollars next week do you even have some sort of spiritual or emotional connection and reason for that or it's just because you're miserable or like you just want your bills paid it doesn't come in yeah. that fashion by knowing this stuff you're realizing that it's multi-dimensional multifaceted it's it has you know it's it's there's more of a process to it holistically and that's why i think in the beginning when people go listen to manifesting teachers and all that they're it's a big aspect that's missing it's a huge time. 
you know? And, and it's funny because you think all of this religious stuff is just God and you're connecting to God. It's like, no, this actually gives you the life you actually, you know, the point of it is not only to become in touch with the divine and to know the world as God knows it, but to also be blessed with the life he's willing to give you through understanding his, his, uh, his yeah. knowledge. Yeah. It's know? the purpose of the, uh, the per- your purpose through the divine, through the d- divine's eye. Um, and that's also something like that we see that misinterpreted when people are going into scripture and going into the Bible as well. And this is how this also, the Kabbalah connects also in the Bible. Um, because like you said, ooh, like you said right in the beginning of this was Jesus says to seek. Um, uh, and it's, it's funny because the Kabbalah is also known as the dark things or sayings. Why, if it's supposed to be this divine thing, why is it that, um, that they're, it, it's considered dark things or dark sayings. It's because of the fact that this can go either way. You know, this can lead you to either or as well, because with God, that's why it's also said in the Bible that it's like with God is that I am creation. I am God. I am, uh, I am, uh, I don't remember exactly the word for word, but it's like, I am Satan. I am evil. Like I, like it's all of that because without the creative force that that supreme oneness those other things that that other side of things cannot exist um so therefore this can be channeled and and a journey through either to either or um so you know these are the dark things or sayings um the things that are hard to comprehend for most people and hard for people to even sit with um and how this connects even with the bible is that in proverbs 1 uh uh, verse five and six, King Solomon says, let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by the exploring, by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parable, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. So even right there, it references it in that way. And the riddles, um, are, are, are supposed to be thought provoking, uh, like Riddles as thought that which provoke uh, provoke questions, but the thing is, religious institutions make questioning seem very wrong. Like, why is that? It's literally in the Bible. They tell you not yeah. to. They tell you not to question it. I mean, if you think about it, our whole system does that to like all of it. If, if I go back to even my time in school, you were to raise your hand or ask a question really was rare. Yeah. Uh, I, like I, there was no opportunity to, and church does the same thing. I went to CCD. I went, I got, went and got all done. You weren't allowed to ask any questions of why or what happened. And if they did, they gave you some fucking bullshit on, oh, well, that's just how it is. And that's how God made it. And it's like, that's not good enough. I'm going to need more. You're asking me, you're asking me to believe something. And I'm, I'm a deep thinker. I, I need more. Thing. It doesn't mean, mean I'm detached from God or I'm not spiritual because I don't, I haven't fit in your club yet of the things you're telling me to, to believe I have questions. And so from a young age, we're taught to not question it, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's the thing. It's like, if, if we are seeing God as this holiness and this beyond magnificent thing, shouldn't we try to be working to better understand and embody God? And doesn't that come with questioning? I mean, honestly, even in Proverbs 1, 7, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So when it's saying Lord, Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, understanding the divine. 
you're not going to fully comprehend it maybe, but understanding divine in the sense of, of the workings. And it's saying fools despise wisdom and discipline. That's what it is. It's that they despise the, the, the being able to know. These are the opposing for, forces of even these people that are higher up in these religions or these political structures. And that they despise wisdom and discipline and because the most annoying types of people are know-it-alls. And a person with dogmatic opinions about everything, uh, that's what they, you know, but, but they're also closed off to anything new and resent, they resent discipline and refuse to learn. Um, so like this basically is also telling us in a way to um, be open to advice of others, especially those who may know you well or that you resonate with on a higher vibration, um, but to also be open to valuable insight and counsel, uh, learn how to, you know, you get to learn how to learn from others. And this is what it comes with while being non-biased. And you learn from your higher self as well. Knowledge is plentiful, but wisdom is scarce. And it's what's funny about that and that being in the Bible is that religions claim to be so like, um, be, be, be so like, oh yeah, like, you know, you can't, uh, you can't have like this mind of your own almost. It's like that you are not to question these things like we said, but meantime, it's literally in there. And this is why we say they don't practice what they preach. It's because it's right there saying of having this openness to understanding the divine and you know, yeah. you, no, 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 just not to uh, fall into, of course, not to fall into these, um, you know, these follies of thinking that you're a know-it-all though, to be sitting there and be like, well, I got it now. And guess what? That's the very fucking thing that they do. So it's contradictory once again. Well, and it creates those fucking people. And the thing is funny. I just, uh, you know, I had a ring up on my, or uh, I have a notification for my Facebook and I had a post on there and it was, and this is relevant to what you're saying for these know-it-alls and, and these intelligent fools as, as uh, Ken Wheeler puts it, where, you know, the most Dangerous people are people who are intelligent fools mm. and fools are people who, who are easily fooled. You know what I'm saying? So they are, you know, they, they are in folly. They, they're ridiculously stupid actually, but they're smart because they know big words and, and they've read and they, and they feel that they are intelligent. But so I had a, a post today on Facebook and it was about cathedrals and a cathode was a term in electricity. And if you look at the way a cathedral is built and then you look at these forms of electric machines they actually have some sort of um, like they create electrical and magnetic fields and stuff like that. So I was, it was like cathedral, cathedral, oh, yeah. and it was like I saw, this I whole saw that thing, post right? Posted, yeah. So some kid on there puts go away on there <laughs> and he had some kind of like uh, some, uh, what was the other thing? Um, what was the other thing I posted? It was the Masonic, um, oh, yeah. all the logos, yep. right? And he puts, oh, this is this is old news. So on my page, twice in one day, he he this know-it-all mm. and this fool is acting like he's already got the information and I'm stupid for putting this stuff up and an idea of like a cathedral being some sort of, you know, whatever. Now remember, I I speculate and I find things to be fascinating ideas. So I never discredit something. So I repost that so someone could actually either give me the knowledge maybe of the truth or it it's Bullshit. So I'll actually sacrifice sometimes my my reputation, which I but can't that's stand but that's true path work though. 
Right, exactly. So I'm asking questions and I put things up so people will think. And it's not that I'm putting it up because I'm like, this is the truth. I just put it up, right? So I literally just said to him, like, dude, why the fuck are you on my page then? I'm like, you're coming at me on my own page and telling me to go away. I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? But and just another one of those people, man, and a lot of those, and it's just a perfect example of we've created know-it-alls. You know, you go to school, you get a few A's, you're indoctrinated from the system, you learned how to regurgitate all the crap they fed you from history to the math and to this. And by the way, math is racist now, so all the things you learn in, in school might be taken away, yeah. which I don't even yeah, get that still. I, I, I don't even I, I don't even understand what's going on there. But um, And I don't see anyone hating Asians, by the way. I don't see any, I, I haven't seen any Asian hate yet. Um, anyway, so know-it-alls. And and when you do that, you've cut yourself off. That idiot sitting there behind the keyboard going, oh, I just pissed him off and put go away. And, and but at the, the you know, if, if he's some if he's aiming things at me, even if he already knows it and he, he's trolling, he he thinks he's superior to me. And that's what I see, mm-hmm. you know, and most people are now built with that mindset. Like you're superior to someone because you may know something they don't or that that person's wrong. Now, I may have went deeper into say religion or astrology or anything I learn. And when I watch someone who posts things on Facebook and it's in disagreement or it's maybe something I realized five years ago, I don't put go away on their page or whatever. If I don't like what someone posts, one, I ignore it most of the time because I'm not going to unfollow. Or if I really don't like the person, I just delete them. But that, but no, the know-it-alls got to let you know that was self-validation. Well, yeah, it goes to show that they're projecting their own uh, psychological issues or even their own shortcomings on other people. And like, that's something we've seen with this whole thing with like mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine. Like it's the fact that, and this is an actual study that all, as soon as something like this happens, you, the, the first thing to come out of people is the authoritarianism that comes out right away when something like this happens. It's because of the fact that it, and it's what it shows is that it shows that they have some sort of their own trauma that they're projecting because whether it is that they never responded well to authority or they were constantly authoritized. I don't even know if that's a word, but they were constantly the ones under authority. And this is like their moment to shine. And a lot of time, I'm not saying that they do it on purpose either. A lot of times it's just sub- subconscious and it just comes out. And th- something like this is something that triggers it. So in the same sense, when somebody does something like that, that's where if you understand this knowledge and you understand this work, you know how to better not react that you respond instead and you actually are able to sit there. And even if you see something that you disagree with and you may even know that it's wrong, but you can sit there and better, that's the energy's moving even in the mind and the mentality. And if you really want to put it at what kind of, what kind of path that would be, that would literally be the, um, if, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Okay, it would be the kof, you know, the back of the head, it's self-awareness, the subconscious mind, that's what's coming out for them, the beliefs, the reptile brain. And then even for you, the same thing's occurring because it's a reprogramming force and it all occurs in the cerebellum and that's what the kof is as well. And this is where you can choose, okay, am I going to go down this path towards something that's unbalanced and unharmonious or am I going to go and maybe go towards the path of the, the next thing, which is the resh which is the top of the head or the face that's the higher mind and identity, the definition and the ability to choose. That's where people are not, they think they're know-it-alls, but meantime, they don't even have the own self-awareness to better 
distribute their own traumas, their proper fucking emotions, and they just sit there and just spew shit out, which they don't realize there's cause and effect. Yeah, I'm not saying cause where, oh, I hurt somebody's feeling, but they're the fact that they're creating a resistance and energy as well of the true divine. Yeah. They're not in the, the divine. I, I, you know, and here's a little tip, I think, for, for a lot of everybody out there, especially the spiritual people, is don't be afraid to tell someone to fuck yeah. off. Just don't, don't like, um, because that's repressing energy yeah. too. For, for instance, with that post, right? So, because I'm not that angry about it. It's just, it's, I found it more funny, but if I got a touch of anger about it because of not what most people would think is, oh, he's on my page telling me I'm wrong. It's just that he's going out of his way. Yeah. And when people go out of their way and they repeat something, then I get angry because now you're just attempting the to true piss colors me off. Are showing. And not that I'm mad, right, but not that I'm mad at what you're saying. I'm mad at your intentions. Yes. Mm-hmm. So immediately, I'm a little pissed. Don't be too spiritual. Tell that, you know, anger is an emotion. If you believe in God or you have spiritual whatever, the lower chakras exist. God gave you anger. That's that emotion is there for action. You get angry and you take action. So what would I do if he keeps going? Now I block him because I told him to fuck off. He has my warning. You know, most people go even beyond that. But there's no point to like get angry, respond, say what you have to say. Just don't be a child. Yeah. You know, by the way, the first post I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I responded nicely. I go, hey, man, sometimes you got to throw the fishing line out for people who don't know. Because he had said, oh, this is old news. We've already seen this. And I go, yeah, but sometimes you got to throw the fishing line out for, the, for other people. Obviously, it's, it's, it's something that's been in the truth community for a long time. I was very nice about it. He didn't respond back. And then he waits. He goes and funnels through my page where it pops up on his feed. And then he has another negative remark. And it's like, it's not a bad thing to react to people or respond to people in, in, in if you're genuinely mad, handle it right, but don't be afraid to express yourself. Uh, you know, uh, like it, of course, everything could always be not be nice and you know, fuck that. You, when you got to tell someone to fuck off, you you fuck off. Just don't bomb the, the person's country because they believe yeah. in something. Well, different. you're establishing yeah. boundaries, and boundaries are important as well. And it's so funny that right. that happened to you because that just happened to me now. What twice uh, on, on social media, and like I'm not somebody who normally posts on social media in that type of way sometimes to like, you know, but I also realize that that's me repressing. That's me also, you know, if something feels called, there's so many times that I felt very called to just put it there, not for any specific person or anything like that. It's just more so the fact that it's like, Hey, some eyes may need to see that maybe, or may need to spark some sort of, of thought into them. And Ray knows about the post that I put and it was in regards to, um, uh, the whole CV thing. Um, and it really, the the post was not something of which, uh, it was just more so showing uh, an actual, uh, a principle that could possibly be put in place and how I basically showed how that's not really from the divine. And uh, that actually has the potential to be, uh, create some sort of complications in the natural order of the divine as well. Um, and right away I got met with a barrage of, of insults and names thrown at me, basically saying that I don't know what I'm talking about. And I didn't really post anything to be fact or anything. I just made a comparison and that got thrown out of control. But then I had the same person trying to, I had another person on that post try to say about like, oh, well, this is not actually factual, whatever. And then I posted something else that actually had to do 
um, with legitimate data from the horse's mouth, from the CDC. And it was an actual legitimate data. And right away, they try to combat it. Uh, basically, I was explaining the, I just, I just think this is funny. That's why I want to say it, is that um, how the CDC and the director came out saying that only 6% of debts related to CV were actually CV only debts. And I just explained what that number actually looks like. And that's around 35,000 um, out of the total debts in the United States that are labeled under COVID. Um, and whatever. So I, I basically, the end point of it was that um, what it was being depicted as and, and the numbers that we were being told and spread and indoctrinated with <clears throat> wasn't actually what they just now said and how this this faultiness is not something that you can rely on. And I right away get uh, the, the most idiotic comment was if you have HIV and die from another sickness, it's not considered an HIV death, same concept. And I just was like, your point, I agree. Like, that's all I put. I was just like, what statement are you trying to make? Because yeah, that's literally the same concept in a way. And they right away go, if you die from an another sickness, but a pre-existing condition has made you immune compromised, it wouldn't count as a death from the pre-existing condition. And their example they used was someone gets CV, CV makes them get pneumonia, the pneumonia killed them, so it's not a CV only death. Well, yes, that's in the case of pneumonia, uh, of pneumonia being caused by COVID. That's not what I'm talking about. And I literally said that. I was like, you're missing the point. And this was my answer. And I don't come at it saying anything like rude or anything. But I was like, you're missing the point. That's about pneumonia. I'm talking about things that we actually know are occurring, that people actually are dying from like heart disease, cancer, things of the nature or such like that, that aren't actually sparked up from COVID. And they know this and the data is there to show it. So therefore, but but the thing is, though, is because of the morbidity law being put in place, and this is my point, it got made originally to seem like that all these deaths that occurred were from CV, but they weren't. That's just a law that was put in place in order to put it on the death certificate. And then because of that death certificate being put out that way, therefore, that's where you get your number of deaths from CV. So therefore, if the person died from heart disease because they were a fat piece of shit and they didn't eat right and they didn't exercise, they didn't take care of themselves and they died from that. Therefore, all of a sudden now it's a CV death. That was my point. So therefore, I said, why is it actually being considered a pandemic in that case? And now the truth is coming out about the actual numbers. Now they're admitting it. That's what I'm saying where it's not about health. And if it was about health, it would have been about the fact that Okay, wait a minute. Let's stop some of these unhealthy practices because we know that people who are maybe immune compromised and stuff, they can actually be affected by CV. Why don't we put more of our health focus on cutting out cigarettes, more exercise, getting outside, sunlight, uh, eating better, not eating toxic foods and stuff like that? No, because it never was about health and they want it's about the the, the the matter of control. But that was not even the point I was trying to get into. I was just saying that that's what I said. So, and I was like, okay. I was like, is that not correct? And he goes, his answer was, you're not really following the science. You're just misinterpreting data. How? 
I was like following the science. I go, isn't the whole principle of science is to find competitive data and challenge it in order to for better accuracy. Blind following is not meant for science. So it seems you're the one who's misinformed, I said, because that's what I'm doing. And not only that, you're talking about I just took actual data that the CDC and the director itself put out and said formally. How am I not following? This has nothing to do with following the science. This has to do with speculating the data that was given now and then. That's all it was. So there, the, the whole combat behind that was that the, I explained why and how you're misinterpreting the other comment. You're not an analysis, so your comparison is moot, especially since you aren't using the right data and jumping to conclusion because you don't understand. At this point, I'm like, this person is invalid. Now, somebody else would probably start calling names just kind of like that one person did to me and stuff like that. And I was just like, I'm using data right from the CDC. Is that not it's not that, that not right? The right data. And that's why I said, dude. You're welcome to your opinion, but you can hop off now. You're not actually saying anything legitimately useful. And that's it. And it's to take that higher path, higher road to be like, hey, you know what? You could stand up for yourself and create that boundary at the same time. And this is what we're saying about when you have this more hermetic, alchemical uh, perspective and way of going about things, you create a lot more ease in your life. You create a lot more ease within the body as well, which we know that dis-ease is created in the body through stress, through all these things. And if you're going to get mad and hyped up and all this stuff, like you're only, you're only, <laughs> you're, 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 you're drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Sure. You can just do a quick one and done fuck off yeah. if they don't, if they're going to act like a child, you know, like I will talk to a child, like a child, not, not an actual child, but more so a childlike energy when you're a grown adult and you're just putting go away on someone's posts. And it's obviously you're coming on, you're taking the energy to comment on someone's thread. That type of, you know, obviously that person doesn't want to discuss anything. Yeah. They just put go away. There's nothing. They, he didn't even give me anything to be like, oh, well, hey, why are you saying that? You know, or, uh, or not like I could have said that, but more so like, obviously he immediately was disagreeing and was trying to just twist my nipples a little bit and it's kind of like a quick one and done fuck off and that that person keeps going i i just get rid of them on social media i don't have time for that you know like you're basically telling me to fuck off go away what does that really mean in a sense dude fuck off your posts are stupid all right well you're on my thread fuck off then you didn't have to nobody invited like you didn't have to you could have kept scrolling exactly and that's the thing you know if someone well i was gonna say with your post and the difference is if you know you're putting up facts and someone has say a scientific argument i allowed it then right, then you allow it. But the thing is, is that person doesn't, you know, immediately off the top, someone like who I'm dealing with, you can immediately tell there's going to be nothing but trolling and they're trying to emotionally get each other pissed off. So you tell me to fuck off, I tell you to fuck off. But if someone's going to have, because you never know, by by a certain um, disagreement, right? Like let's say you put something up and they told you facts. And not that you were wrong, but they were like, hey, you miss, you did really did misunderstand it. If they have real discussions to bring and debates to bring, let yeah, them, absolutely. of course. Absolutely, and that's the thing. Like, I was waiting for a legitimate, and I actually was confused at the first response because I was like, I was like, wait a minute, he just he just said what I said in the post, but with a different, with a different virus. I was like, wait, what? That's where I was genuinely confused. And like, you yeah. know, like, I, you, of course, I felt the visceral reaction want to come out and stuff because I knew the intention of the person. 
And that's the thing. It's like, that's where you start to see it. And you could also cut back the bullshit too with people when you're in this sort of state of being, when you're doing this path work, you can actually sit there and be like, okay, I can clearly see through the divine. It's giving me the message itself. It's allowing me to see and penetrate through this person and see that their soul and that their connection right now is not with the divine. It's fully based in the ego and they have their own properties and experiences that they've witnessed that they're projecting them now out onto me, then it is no use to latch onto that, to that energetic cord at all, at all. You can still defend yourself, but there's a time where you don't engage anymore. Cut it, cut the cord. You know, this, this kid will be blocked before the end of the night. I know that. And, and it's only because I'm not going to get a good response back. And yeah, you could be a big boy and just be like, Hey, you know, I don't know why you're saying that, but when a person's trying to establish dominance is my point. I know a lot of people out there are afraid of either being dominated. They don't like confrontation. It's like face that fear and stick up for yourself because eventually you're going to have to do it. Yeah. You know, um, me personally, I hate confrontation because I fear my own anger, meaning I tend to, and I think my dad blessed me with this, but I have a trigger and, and I know it's there. So there's a part of me that like, if I'm steaming of anger, I have to kind of like lift up the top of the pot and like, you know, like a quick, like, fuck mm-hmm. off, you know, like that's got to come out. If it doesn't come out, it stays in there and it festers and the poison runs through my blood by me holding yeah. it in. And I think a lot of people do experience that where you repress a real emotion. If you're angry, tell a person to fuck off. It's not a big deal. It's, it's, it is spiritual because you're being genuine with how you yeah. feel. And if you're wrong, you'll be put in your place. You Absolutely. Will. But the thing is, but, and right or wrong. I guess is to a point and to an extent subjective, but more so if you believe that you're right and it's for valid reasons, you know, have some, um, uh, what's the, the, the D word, um, uh, discernment. No. Yeah. Have some, so have some discernment and be an adult about what you're saying. Yeah. You know, like for example, I explained, I'm talking about this, this concept that cathedrals have this same build as, and it, it was, I was like, Oh wow, that makes sense. No shit. That might be a thing. Was I saying, believe this. This is true. I am right. I own all of you in my factual research. No. So because I wasn't being that way in the first place to come on my, you Mm -hmm. know, it just triggers me a little bit that people want to make people feel like they're, they have authority over them. So I'm telling, so go ahead and tell the person that's disagreeing with you who's having, trying to have some authority because they have some inner ego projection issues to fuck off. You don't have any dominance over me. Get off my page. Get, get, you know, stop telling me I have to wear a mask. Stop telling me I have to go get something put in my body. Stop telling me these things. Fuck yeah, off. We have, you know, have a little emotion. We were given that abysmal will. Like that's literally what goes into the Kabbalah as well. That yes, there's the divine order. There is the cosmic laws in place, but, but they are to be channeled in certain ways that we can make those choices. We can make the decision. And that's the other thing too, is where it is important to use your words wisely as well, because words are powerful. Words contain energy and force behind them as well. If we, if you learned anything from listening to this, as well as the Kabbalah being that it's comes, uh, it's, it's categorized by the Hebrew alphabet and their sounds, their words, they're supposed to be emanations of the divine. Words are powerful, their their vibration as well, and they contain some sort of frequency to them that have built up over time and have gotten identity and have gotten um, definition to them as well, which that would be, I said the kof would be the resh. The resh is the top of the head. And I said, um, uh, I'm sorry, no, not, um, um, 
Uh, it, yes, the top of the head. That's a rush. That's definition. That's the power of de- definition. The power of definition has come into play with our words as well now too. Um, and we have the ability to change or be changed, to break something down or to transform it into something else. It's a transcendental force, which is actually the shin. That's that pathway in the Kabbalah. So that's see how you can see how you can use this in everyday things in your life and to see if you're actually following the pathway of the divine or if you're not. And if you want to achieve higher consciousness, this is a great tool to use. And if you're somebody who's in the Bible and stuff like that and you see, and not to say that you have to go against your beliefs completely either, but it's to refine them, to have that transcendental force occur, to be able to see things in the Bible differently. You know, what cracks me up and we said about, you know, the whole Israel and Palestine thing is that a religion's claim to be there for the poor, for the weak and the needy, um, but there should be no poor people. They feed people, but there should be no hunger. Religions and beliefs actually create war. We've seen this. We've seen this happen off of lower concepts in the earthly realm. And billions of dollars come out of the woodwork for these wars, but not for the poor and the hungry, of which that they're trying to say that they help. It's, that's the misuse of divine power. That's, that's anti. That's anti-Christ power right there. So who is really keeping the people in need all the time? It is not the divine. It is not the chosen. Let's choose to work with these people, but not with these people. That's not what the divine does. The divine is channeled in that way. And that's why it says that it can be used in both ways. That's why we need to investigate these forms of wisdom and knowledge so that we can see and better understand how these teachings can be applied in real time and to start shifting our energy practices so we can achieve that higher state, so we can receive that higher, that higher, uh, that higher abundance. Straight up. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's about, it's about really understanding things and, and taking the journey and getting out of the, I know everything. As long as we do that, we'll evolve. You know, things didn't evolve because we already knew it all. It's because we knew nothing. And that's where we need to to be at if we want to, um, you know, get rid of our indoctrinations and systems of thought and systems of of government and systems of whatever that we're using right now, whether it's maybe it's currency to whatever. All the outdated systems must change, must evolve, but now we must go and, you know, uh, re- research and and redo everything that we've already uh, that we've gathered up to this point and whatever resources we've used up to this point and gotten us somewhere when you know when the cup's empty it's empty it's time to you know kind of clean out the cup and refill it with new things and and that's with the age of aquarius that's what that's bringing it's giving us spiritual uh and divine intervention with everything we know and it's time to 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 truly understand or as i always say if you look at the world and you're content and you think this is great and killing kids and killing women and fighting wars and it's all over belief systems and and battles over i want and i want and you want but i want then then go ahead be content with it and you could go on to that because if, if there one there's one thing i do know is there is a spiritual war there's a spiritual war going on and it's it's all it's it's probably more prevalent than the actual physical war the spiritual war is coming first which is leading to physical yeah. war so it's it's reevaluate i think was the word i really was looking for and it's time to reevaluate ourselves and everything else that that has to do with our systems of living and once we do that and come to come to new truths then we could finally evolve again. But 
Step out of your bubble, people. It's time, you know, it, to sit back and wait. Your unemployment's going to run out. Everything's going to change, and you're going to be left with nothing if you just sit back. And, uh, and yeah, so that would be my message. But uh, definitely with the, the Kabbalah and all this stuff, we'll keep going. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. Because like I said, we didn't even cover a lot. of. I mean, we covered a lot, but, um, you know, there, there's there's a lot. That was the oh, basic. Yeah. I think that was enough for an episode yeah. shortly. You know, people need to go and kind of get the I, the gist of it. Yeah, I think with knowing this now, now you could go back and sit now when we start going into the Bible with certain things and um, depicting the the meanings and the true meanings of of stuff in the Bible, you can see how it's actually in place now on a more uh, detailed level. Um, so that's something to see, and that'll that'll come as we go along as well. Where we'll we'll keep going into that as well. Um, but yeah, so that's really the premise of this, and it's another step towards being able to um, embody this true way of 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 this true state of, of being, uh, and there's multiple states of being, but to be able to understand the ways of navigation, to make your life here in the physical and to experience the, 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 the spiritual and to experience the divine here on earth and to create that heaven within you, to acknowledge the God within you, not to say that you are more powerful or have dominion over anybody, but to be able to overcome the obstacles of life, to guard yourself from the dark energies that occur, to be able to uh, bring in that abundance of which you deserve, that, that you deserve, you deserve it. And to let go of the belief or the limiting beliefs of which you feel you can't have that, or you don't deserve this, or um, you aren't good enough. Like it's not, that's not it. It's about doing the work. It's about staying in that sovereignty. It's being able to seek out the truth in these things and to do the work to raise to a higher consciousness. And I guarantee you, your life will turn around tenfold in a better way. Yep, that is it. Yes. That is it, people. So, Definitely. Keep following. Keep keep tuning in because things are going to get deeper. You know, we're still at the beginning phases of this podcast where we're going to definitely improve and update a lot of things very soon. And uh, the way we've been observing things and, and talking to a lot of other people, we do have a lot of work to do and we need your support. So we appreciate anything we could take. Uh, we have a, a Patreon, which you can either donate or follow. Uh, we're eventually going to have uh, tiers. And for, you know, for people that want special benefits from the podcast, maybe some inside information or to get episodes before they come out. Uh, we're working all that out now. Uh, we have some big news with guests. I know on my birthday, which is May 26th, we're going to have my one of my most adored people on earth, which is Santos Bonacci. I cannot wait. And it's a gift that on the lunar eclipse, which is my birthday this year, um, exact, that we're going to have someone who I've waited to talk to for probably over eight or nine years. And he's going to bring us a lot of truth. I know he has a syncretism school and all that. So that's cool. So And there's many, many other... Uh, things happening with guests and where me and Gio are going to be involved, involved outside even of the podcast. Yeah. So uh, a lot to look forward to, a lot of uh, great stuff coming and we're only going to improve and get better and it's all for you. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, yeah, just then we thank you for staying tuned in um, and listening. We appreciate you so much. 
Um, but yeah, we're, we're really, we're really getting, getting it going. So we, we appreciate the support in any way. Um, and we'll be able to bring you more of better content as well. Like we, like Ray said about, you know, video as well, like being able to get that to be a thing. Um, and, and we're gonna have a TikTok, yes, and, uh, you know, Instagram is gonna be more active yeah, and just be able to, to be able to give you more perks and to give you visual as well. So, you know, that's all in the works. And like we said, anyway, we would appreciate the support, um, to be able to do that for you and to be able to create a better environment for even our special guests. Um, so yeah, thank you again for tuning in. Love y'all. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 